More Than a Movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's Rappaport's Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome to today's edition of the Clay Travis and Buck Sexton Show podcast. Second hour, Clay and Buck kicks off right now. We're talking a lot about New Hampshire because we're just days away from the first of the nation primary and it's looking like it's going to be a two-person race right now really between nikki haley and donald trump so what's going to happen here in the final stages what are some of the closing arguments going to be from both camps nikki haley upset here and even naming fox in the process because she claims that the assertion that she is not a conservative is false, is unfair. Let's talk about it. Play one. I think it's irresponsible for the press to say this because Democrats can't vote in this primary. They haven't been able to change their registration for months. He's going out saying, I want to cut Social Security. I've never once said I want to cut Social Security. And everybody's talking about the fact, is she a conservative? I want you, Ainsley, you've known me a long time. How am I not conservative? I was a Tea Party governor. I passed voter ID. I passed the toughest illegal immigration law in the country. I cut taxes. I passed tort reform. We paid down our debt. I went to the U.N. We cut a billion dollars just because the media says it. Because Donald Trump says it, it's wrong. I've been a conservative all my life. No one can mention one thing that says I'm not a conservative. A few things here, Clay. And let's, uh, let's try to analyze this as honestly and dispassionately as we can. Uh, she, when she was a governor in South Carolina, she was governor of a very red state. And so yes, she governed as a conservative. But then again, I don't think you have much choice in South Carolina. You know, it's, which I think is also true, for example, of South Dakota. If you're going to govern there, it's very red, so you're probably going to push Republican policies. The hits on Nikki Haley, for example, to me, seems to be the, the places where, you know, because people are upset, and we've seen this online, they're upset at the notion of a Nikki Haley VP. So I want to dive into a little bit. Forget about whether Trump will or won't. Why does that bother people in the Republican Party, in the in the base, people who are going out to vote? 
I think it's primarily a couple things. Let me know if I'm missing anything or if you think there's something else to throw in here. I think Nikki Haley is very much an establishment Republican on foreign policy and the usage of U.S. military force abroad. I think she's considered establishment insofar as the donor class tends to really like her. Um, what is it that she has done? She served under the Trump administration. As I've said, U.S. Ambassador to the United Nations is almost a ceremonial post. It's just the truth. But anyway, um, what has she done in office? That is not conservative. I mean, she said she was bad, I think, on, a, on an answer about transgender things that she gave recently, but she really just evaded. She didn't give a, an incorrect answer, right? Like what people, the notion that she's not like, let's take this at face value, that she's not a conservative. Where does that really come from? Is it fair? So I think Nikki Haley has not been very good at answering questions. She didn't handle a question on the Civil War very well. She didn't handle the question on transgender issues very well. Um, and those have bubbled up and become stories, right? Because she hasn't handled them as well. And now they don't do very many public forum questions as a result, I think, is one of the outcomes of that. Um, I, I think if you ask people, a lot of it would come after she left the U.N. with the way that she immediately kind of jumped right into bed with, global business interests that would be the attack um i i think that the 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 reality is that is a line of attack that donald trump has been able to take advantage of because she has been supported by people who are otherwise democrats i think that's really where it comes from more than anything else i think it's also the idea in many of the debates she has been more prone to advocate using American military than uh, the less activist base of the Dem- of the Republican Party would be. Right? She's more aggressive on Ukraine. Uh, she's more aggressive on uh, how to use military force, which would have actually been sort of the Bush Cheney style of the Republican Party. She would have been probably an interventionist on Iraq. And then the other thing I would say is. I think a lot of people feel like she goes whatever way the wind blows, and her response in South Carolina when they had the shooting at the Ebenezer Baptist Church and she suddenly says, oh, we've got to take down the Confederate flag immediately, I actually think that's why she didn't handle the slavery question very well, because she is particularly apprehensive about how to handle issues such as those, and that kind of put up her guard uh, uh, antenna when she got that question about the Civil War at all. She just doesn't want to really kind of dive into it. That's not a difficult question to answer, but she was more particularly sensitive to it maybe than most would be. So, see, it's interesting because most of your uh, most of the things you point out, and I, I agree that she has handled some questions badly, it feels like that's more a function of her inauthenticity as a candidate and and what she's expressing then it is a lack of conservatism. Do you know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. it's, she's messing up, but she's messing up not because she's actually a lib or she's, uh, you know, she's, she's a centrist or whatever. It's because she doesn't want to tell people what she really thinks. She wants to tell them whatever is going to help the most in that moment. Um, I did think this was interesting as well. She says that while Trump's cases should play out, she did pledge to fully pardon him. And we should, we haven't talked about the Fonnie Willis, the latest there, which I think this ties into this. 
But let's play. This is cut two. Promising to pardon Trump. Play it. You know, you only want to talk about a pardon after someone has been convicted. So I would assume that we'd let that play out, and I would think he would want that to play out. If he were convicted, would you then pardon him? I said I I would pardon him with the simple reason of, you know, when you talk about a pardon, someone's already been found guilty. But for me, the last thing we need is an 80-year-old president sitting in jail because that's just going to further divide our country. This is no longer about whether he's innocent or guilty. This is about the fact, how do we bring the country back together? And I am determined to make sure all of this division, all of this chaos goes away. And I think a pardon for him would make all of that go away. And I think it would be healing for the country. What she just said there, I went to, I thought about this right away, is what Mike Pence should have said on this show when you kept asking him about a pardon. It's not even about, notice she didn't go to, I mean, if you were IRS, I'd be like, these charges are preposterous. This is all a political hit job. She didn't even go there. But I think it's sufficient for her to say that in this context, yes, of course, I would pardon Trump. He's still our, he's still one of our former presidents, may still be future president, but one of our former presidents sitting in prison on would have been able to continue. He wouldn't have won or anything, but I think he would have been able to continue his campaign a little longer. The lack of that vision for me, blew away all this, oh, I'm the guy standing on principle thing. What about the principle of you're trying to not rip the country apart? Yeah, and look, I mean, this is what I would have said if I was Ron DeSantis from the start. I I think Vivek was the only person who said it ever, at like just right out of the gate. I give credit to Vivek. Did Ron not say it? He did say it, but he didn't say it right away. Yeah, he kind of tiptoed up to it. He he didn't really – we asked him when he right after he launched, he came on the show – to me, that's an easy question. It would have put it behind, and Nikki Haley's gotten finally to the right place at a minimum on that answer. But my concern is when it takes you a long time to get to the right answer, you're ultimately being hired for your judgment. And this was an easy call for me. And and by the way, I would say that some people are going to be upset about this. I would say the same thing if it were a Democrat. I don't think you benefit unless it's like, you are committing a murder, right? Like something that is a direct violent act that you yes. undertook the, yourself. I, I would not want Joe Biden sent to prison for process crimes. And that is what they are trying to do to Donald Trump for, for, for documents this, for, or for. Yeah, for this classified thing that he's being investigated for, right? Like let's pretend that Trump comes into office, beats Biden. I don't think that whoever the new attorney general is of the United States should try to put Joe Biden can, can in I prison point out? for the rest of his life. Donald Trump feels this way, too, about or felt this way about Hillary Clinton. Correct. Who clearly broke the law. It was as obvious as can be. But I think he, I think Trump recognized in in a, in a moment that is you'd have to describe as magnanimous Trump better for the country not to lock up my previous political competitor and obviously one of the most famous people in American politics and Clinton's and last name, the whole thing better for the country not to, to, to your point if. If you should go away on state charges for a long time because of violent crime or something, yeah. I do. And th- this goes to the argument that has been, been talked about a little bit with Trump. And, uh, you know, that can't actually be true, because if that is true, you know, the notion that you can't go to prison for anything or you can do anything as the president and it's OK, because then anybody who becomes president could eliminate all their rivals and it would be something that. We would or, have to sit around. Yeah, I mean, just yeah, but no take it outside of like an actual attack on your political rivals, which, right? I mean, but I'm talking about something not even that you order. To me, the easiest call is something that you directly do, right? Like, let's say 
that the president of the United States got into an argument with his son and picked up a, uh, uh, you know, I don't know, a like candlestick in the, in the solarium and yes, and hit his son in the head and killed him. Like the president should be prosecuted for that direct physical violent act. You aren't above that, right? Now you could say, oh, you're driving a car and then you're drunk, but the president never drives a car, right? The number of things that a president could do that are physically violent is relatively limited because they're constantly surrounded by Secret Service protection, right? Well, they don't and, drive cars, like all those and, things. And, it, you know, a, a presidential immunity, I mean, this has been talked about a little bit recently. You can't order drone strikes on your political opposition in this country, right? That that would be, yes. first of all, people don't even talk about this. You know, there, there is, uh, whether it's military chain of command or, or, you know, intelligence, you're not allowed to. There are unlawful orders. Yeah. Just because someone can give an order does not make the order lawful. And not all presidential orders would inherently be lawful either. So, I mean, I, I, you know, this, it's been an, more of an intellectual debate than I think a real debate recently, although it has come up in court and some of the Trump lawyers were raising this to see the extent of presidential immunity and to test this out because we've never been here before. But the, I think it's interesting as well, Clay, the reason we have to have this or that we're even talking about testing the length of presidential immunity or the extent of presidential immunity is because Democrats are trying to throw a presidential candidate into prison. That, yeah. that, that's why we're having the conversation. Totally. And I'll give you an example from recent history, right? They didn't find weapons of mass destruction in Iraq. Should George W. Bush be prosecuted because he relied on his intelligence agencies and they ended up being inaccurate? for purposes of why he decided to invade Iraq, right? Like, that, to me, is an easy example of him acting within his presidential authority and the result ending up being something that wasn't what he sold to the American public. Uh, that shouldn't be prosecutable, right? There are people out there who say, oh, George W. Bush should have been charged with war crimes over that. That's clearly to me within the scope of making decisions. I, I was gonna, that, that's the critical, the critical thing though is within the scope of your employment, right? So, you know, when, when I was in the CIA, they always made that very clear to us. You know, where, where are you, you know, where, where would you have some protection and some qualified immunity or, you know, what, same thing at the NYPD. You know, if you're a cop and you're on the job and you do something and it's within the scope of your employment, that goes under a different set of rules than you're off duty, you're at home, you know, yeah. you get into an argument with the delivery driver, you punch him in the face, you can't say, hey, I'm a law enforcement officer, I'm using my force, like, within the scope of your job is very important and certainly in the context of a commander in chief. So that, that matters. I think no doubt. I mean, I, I think that's the kind of conversation the Supreme court's going to have to rectify and analyze and, and, and election challenges are within, the, are within the, I think very clearly within the scope of I your, agree. your role. I mean, you're running, you're running in an election. I think, you know, you're allowed to challenge an election. So legally, your efforts and generosity last year allowed our sponsor, the Preborn Network of Clinics, to achieve something remarkable. They saved the lives of more than 58,000 babies. On their behalf, thank you to all of you who made this possible. Preborn welcomes pregnant mothers to their clinics nationwide for an opportunity to meet their unborn child via ultrasound. They also offer up to two years of support, including counseling, baby supplies, maternity clothing, and more. But it's that initial ultrasound experience that so often will help point the mind of a young mother in the right direction to give life to that baby. And if they choose life after seeing their child move within them and hear that heartbeat, preborn will be with, there with them for two years of help and support. 
Every day, Preborn celebrates 200 miracles. 200 babies saved. $28 a month can be the difference between life and death for a child. That's the cost of each ultrasound. Make a donation, please, to this nonprofit and help again this year. They rely on you and me entirely, the pro-life community in this country. They get no government money. Using your cell phone, dial pound 250, say the keyword baby. That's pound 250, say baby, or visit preborn.com slash buck. That's preborn.com slash B-U-C-K, sponsored by Preborn. Clay Travis and Buck Sexton. Chalk up a win for Team Reality. Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Born on America's darkest day of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been helping America's heroes ever since. When a first responder or military service member doesn't come home and young children are left behind, Tunnel to Towers pays the mortgage on the family home to lift the financial burden. For severely injured veterans and first responders, Tunnel to Towers builds mortgage-free smart homes, enabling severely injured heroes to move around their homes more independently. Through the Foundation's Homeless Veteran Program, Tunnel to Towers is providing housing and services to homeless veterans. More than 3,300 were helped last year alone. Because all veterans who honorably served, whether in peacetime or war, deserve our nation's gratitude. People who put their lives on the line for our country and our communities need your help now more than ever. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good and never forget 9-11 or the sacrifices of this country's heroes. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. Today, more than ever, we're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical bill expert, finding savings can seem impossible. And who has the time? HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your family's insurance and reviews your medical claims as they come in from your healthcare providers. Then HealthLock's technology flags and alerts you to any errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and frauds to help you and your family save. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from selected past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save more than $130 million. Saving on medical bills starts with knowing where to look, and HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden medical bill errors. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. Welcome back in. Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. News. 
Uh, and we'll continue to take your calls on this Friday as we sit here four days from the New Hampshire primary. News that is out there. Uh, Tim Scott, according to the New York Times, senator from South Carolina, set to endorse Donald Trump for president tonight at a rally in New Hampshire. That is the report from the New York Times. Now, that is somewhat significant in that Tim Scott had not endorsed anyone since he dropped out of the presidential uh, race before any votes were actually cast. But if you're looking ahead to South Carolina and stepping beyond where we are right now, this would mean that Trump has been endorsed in South Carolina by the governor, Henry McMaster, by Lindsey Graham, of course, uh, and now by Tim Scott, in the event that Nikki Haley is going to take the fight to Donald Trump in South Carolina, all three of the statewide elected officials in that state have now lined up behind Donald Trump. So that's where I would say the impact of Tim Scott's endorsement, as he is very popular in South Carolina, would come into play. I'd also bring this up, Buck. Remember, Nikki Haley went after Tim Scott. Because I believe, if I remember correctly, Nikki Haley appointed Tim Scott to the Senate when he initially began his uh, his tenure there. So they had a pretty good relationship. But if you'll remember in the debates, Tim Scott, I think, came on this show and even talked about it a little bit, seemed a little bit surprised that Nikki Haley went after him as aggressively as she did during those uh, during those debates before. Because remember, first one of them had to emerge as a contender both of them could not. Nikki Haley won that battle, and now it feels like Tim Scott may be paying her back by deciding to endorse Donald Trump. Well, it's also the smart play at this point, well, right? Correct. There, there's there's and he's nobody a who's going to say whoa. Himself. Yeah, yeah, but there's you know there's no one who's going to be surprised at all at endorsement for Trump at this point for uh, from from anybody I, w- I would say. Um, and you know we're going to have to. We got uh, producer Ali thinks Tim Scott's going to be Trump's VP, so. We, we, we're going to have to start keeping track of all of these projections on this. It's just, it's, it is interesting. It's almost more interesting to think about the possibilities than I think it actually matters who ends up being the VP in some ways, at least in terms of the election. It's a bigger thing to see down the line how it's all going to go. Producer Allie really likes Tim Scott as the potential VP choice. Uh, she wants to make That's a what bet I said, on it, right? Well, did you say that already? I just, I think so. I just making sure I didn't say the wrong name. I was focused on making sure that I didn't screw up this read, which I'm giving to you right now. Pure talk. Look, they're going to hook you up right now. They will give you right now incredible offers, save you up to a thousand dollars a year if you make the decision to go switch to them. Now on your way to ensuring that you can save up to a thousand dollars. They have great U.S. customer service. My own family uses this. Uh, you can dial pound two five zero. And say the keywords Clay and Buck. Get connected now. Again, pound 250, say Clay and Buck, to start off the year saving on wireless up to $1,000 a year. That's pound 250. Say Clay and Buck. Do it today. Welcome back in to Clay and Buck. And making sense of New Hampshire here coming up. And just the the general uh, political climate out there right now. Part of this I mentioned is the... Realities. We'll take some of your calls. I should note 800-282-2882. Um, Trump derangement syndrome on full display. This is, um, this is interesting. This is on Piers Morgan's show, I suppose, yesterday. Yes. Uh, 
Piers Morgan, who not a lot of people go from having a CNN show where they talk about how the Second Amendment shouldn't exist and people who own guns are crazy to having a Fox News like uh, was it? it it's a it's a british show but it's carried on fox nation or something like that is that right I, I think that's right yeah his show i did a show this week um he's got a pretty entertaining show that's based out of london also distributed on fox nation i think he's doing his show this week out of new york city but in general it's a british focused show but they yeah. talk a ton about american politics he, he's a uh he's a provocative interviewer um so he's managed to go from cnn to the fox world which is interesting but anyway here he is talking to uh, talking to Eric Holder. We all remember Eric Holder, who was Barack Obama's attorney general and one of the most important figures of the Obama era in terms of, uh, making sure the Obama agenda could go forward and that there were no problems that would come. We could talk about that another time. Here you go. Piers Morgan talking 14, then we'll follow up with 13. Play it. I was really impressed by Jamie Dunn. I thought it was a really smart take to remind people that not only are they not crazy, a lot of Trump supporters, but they have legitimate reasons to think that Trump would do a better job than Joe Biden running the country. And he listed a number of things that Trump achieved last time. And this took me back to what Hillary Clinton said about the bastard deplorables, right? If you start branding all Trump supporters, 80 million Americans, as deplorable or crazy, it's going to come back and bite you. And I think they are raging hysterically and with wild exaggeration Right into Trump's hands. So, okay, that's actually on a separate. That's just Piers Morgan talking about how be, saying that you know Trump voters are crazy is a bad idea. Then you get Eric. Sorry, here's the Eric Holder piece of this. This was a separate episode where he says, "This is the former Attorney General, everybody, that American democracy could end with Trump." Play thirteen. This question is about whether or not our democracy will endure, whether or not our democracy um, will survive. They have put the interests of one man and the views that they have uh, that support that one man above everything else. You know, they are happy with or comfortable with the notion of autocracy, um, of dictatorship, as opposed to um, democracy. And people say, wait a minute, now, Holder's overstating the case. That is not, this is not an overstatement. You have to take them at their word and look at what it is they are proposing and the impact of the policies that they are, they would try to put in place. Uh, American democracy um, could end with the election of, of Donald Trump. I mean, it's just absurd, Clay. This is, is going to be the whole thing. I wish people would push back more and say how specifically. What do you believe that Trump is going to do to end American democracy? Because that would be really, would, would everybody out there agree with me that that would be really difficult? In order to uh, end American democracy, the military would have to agree to support Donald Trump at the exclusion of all obligations and responsibilities that they have under the Constitution. I, I I just, I don't mind when people say, oh, you know what, if we elect this guy or this gal, things are going to get a lot worse, the economy's going to be... But the, the take the step of we're going to have democracy end, I wish more journalists, to the extent that they're actually journalists, would push and say, okay, how does that happen? But they say, well, it almost happened on January 6th. No, it didn't. There, there was nobody armed in, uh, by and large at all, hardly, uh, in that group. You think a guy with a spear dressed in a, uh, a bear skin is going to somehow, buffalo skin, whatever it was, is going to somehow overthrow the United States government? 
like in order, Buck, you you worked in the CIA. Like there are a lot of uh, coups that the CIA is aware of, may have been involved in before. Can uh, neither confirm nor <laughs> deny, Clay. But in order to overthrow an existing structure of government, you have to have a lot of airplanes and you have to have a lot of tanks and you have to have a lot of people that are going to support you. This is just so laughably hurt. I, Buck, I hear people say, well, Trump just won't leave office. After, if he wins re-election, he'll just stay in office. No, he won't. Like, this is, this is all crazy talk. And I feel like, you know, sometimes if somebody says something crazy, the best way to prove how crazy they are is to keep them talking. Why does no one follow up and say, okay, you think democracy could end? How specifically would it end? What would happen? Well, Trump would have takeover tanks. And he would take over, uh, airplanes and aircraft carriers and like they, they would turn them like this is all crazy talk. This is, this is part of what was written about by Brett Stevens in that New York Times piece where again, he's like, I don't want Trump to win, but I understand why he might win because the Democrat elites are living in a fantasy on a whole range of issues. But also many of us can recall because it was only a few years ago. You know what the great authoritarian scandal of the Trump years were? I mean, the thing that really was Trump crossing the line and violating the sanctity of, of our democracy and all this stuff by his own hand and by his own order, perhaps, was when that CNN reporter lost his hard pass access to the West Wing for 24 hours, meaning that he would have to show his driver's license and get a guest pass instead. Do you remember that was a, oh, oh all the journalists, oh my gosh, yeah. Trump is a dictator. It's a, Acosta, Jim Acosta is going to have to sign the guest register like everyone else going into the White House. His hard pass has been taken. One of it was the like, crazy, yeah, one of the crazy things about Trump, Buck, is he actually probably talked to the media way too much. If If you were saying, what should you do in a new term, I would say don't have as many interviews. Well, with well don't sit down Times. with Maggie it's, Haberman yeah. for two hours at a time and let her pick and choose what she wants to report of what you've said. But in terms of the, uh, you know, the, the whole Acosta thing and uh, Trump was, Trump was the most accessible to the media president in the history of the country by far. Nobody else even close. Nobody else even in the same stratosphere, right? And also the fact that he could go around the media with Twitter at the time. You, it was a first in American history where you had a president who could share his thoughts in real time directly with the American people. It was a pretty amazing thing. Sometimes a highly amusing thing. I, I've said this before. The only people who were awake when I would do my early morning sports show were, I felt like me and Trump in media. I would hit, you know, when you hit the refresh on your Twitter feed and nothing comes up, it's usually if that's happening, you're up really early or you're up really late, one or the other, because everybody else is sleeping. I felt like everybody else was sleeping except for for Trump and me. I do think, Buck, I haven't seen anybody write this. I haven't hardly seen it talked about. Trump continues to benefit massively by not being on Twitter because it's amazing to me how lazy the average reporter is they won't go to Truth Social to see what he says. But when he tweeted it, it would set off a firestorm and they would lose their minds and we would have new news cycles based on it. We really don't have Truth Social news cycles. And I think it's because a lot of media 
are too lazy to go to Truth Social and they have to cut and paste it and they can't just quote, tweet, and comment well, I, on it. I think it's it, more it, actually it interesting. Than just you're right about the the general laziness of of the media and also most of the Democrat corporate media's job. It's important everybody knows this at home. Most of their job is absorbing, repackaging, and distributing what other Democrats are already saying in the media, right? So if you know if you're working at Business Insider, you see what they're saying over at the Washington Post and has been picked up by the Chicago Tribune and, you know, yada, yada. And then you do your version of that story, too, with the same editorial. That's actually the job. The job is the replication of the propaganda that comes from the flagship Democrat publications, right? I mean, I know this because I know people have worked at all these places. And... And now I just got distracted. And now they're all losing money, by the way. But but so the, where were we a second ago? You just you just totally threw me off. I don't know how. What are we What are we doing? <laughs> you were talking all about how the job is to just replicate what already exists in the narrative structure of the uh, uh, of the establishment that Trump benefits from not being on Twitter and being on Truth Social. There oh, isn't oh, the same Thank you. Yes, the over truth, truth, uh, all encompassing aspect. Yeah. It's not just that they're they're lazy and do the replication game, which that's what a they're unwilling to download Truth Social because they view it as a icky oh my OMG, it's the Trump app. I can't have this on my phone. It's like literally tyranny on my phone screen. They won't even have it. Because to have it means you get countered in the truth social download numbers. You get countered in the truth social ad numbers. I really believe this. Like they, they refuse to subscribe. It is funny. And as a result, Trump gets his message out to his base that really cares. But the people who were always in an uproar over what he was tweeting, they aren't in the same uproar over what he is truthing. And it's really kind of remarkable. And I think it's an example of how censorship is actually working to hurt the left in this country because Trump, even if they didn't like what he was saying, being able to say it, I think it benefited him. I think a lot of you out there listening right now kind of like that Trump's not on Twitter all day long every day because that frustrated some of you sometimes because it took away the attention from things that might have mattered more. And as a result, he can say whatever he wants on truth that doesn't dominate the news cycle in the same way. If your work week is Monday through Friday... What do you have left today in the way of energy? I got to tell you, I'm a I'm a dragging a little bit today. I had dinner last night. Had a glass two glasses of wine. of wine. That's all it took, and you were done. Two glasses of wine, and I'm I got to tell you, I, I got no tolerance anymore. But you can actually do things that'll help you get that extra oomph in your day, and you can do it with our friends at Chalk. Chalk has male and female vitality stacks. These are supplements that work for so many people in this audience. The natural ingredients provide your body with the energy that you need. Everything Chalk creates is lab-tested twice to ensure purity and potency. Hook yourself up with Chalk's Vitality Stack at Chalk.com. They have lots of other great products, too. Go to ChalkCHOQ.com. That's Chalk with a Q, C-H-O-Q.com. Use my name, Buck. Save 35% off your subscription for life. It's that easy. ChalkCHOQ.com. Use my name, Buck, as your promo code for 35% off the subscription you choose with Chalk. 24, a new podcast from Clay and Buck covering all things election. Episodes drop Sundays at noon Eastern. Find it on the free iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. 
Why are people still on the fence about owning gold and silver? I just don't understand. Have we already forgotten about regional bank closures, inflation, global instability, and the potential for serious world conflicts? You can look to precious metals for various reasons. One, having tangible currency on hand as part of your bug-out plan. Two, diversifying your portfolio as a hedge against inflation. And three, historically, gold increases in value over time. You keep yourself informed about global events. You see the increase in conflicts around the globe. Countries are buying and hoarding massive amounts of gold. Why aren't you? It's time to pull the trigger with the Oxford Gold Group and buy gold and silver. Nobody can predict the future, but we can't put our head in the sand either. The people with Oxford Gold Group are real pros. They make owning gold and silver simple and easy to understand. Call Oxford Gold Group right now and you may qualify for up to $10,000 in free precious metals. Call 833-995-GOLD. That's 833-995-GOLD. One more time, 833-995-G-O-L-D. Born from the tragedy of 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has supported our nation's heroes and their families ever since. Heroes like Marine Corps Sergeant Adam Mayo. He served our nation for over seven years before he was severely injured during training. He was paralyzed from the chest down, severely limiting his ability to move around his home independently. Tunnel to Towers paid Sergeant Mayo's mortgage, removing a financial burden for him and his family. The foundation gave him a specially adapted smart home designed for his specific needs. Tunnel to Towers helped severely injured service members and first responders, as well as Gold Star families and the families of fallen first responders. It's already come to the aid of so many heroes and their families by providing mortgage-free homes. The Foundation is also committed to eradicating veteran homelessness. Join Tunnel to Towers on its mission to do good. 95 cents of every dollar goes directly to their programs. Donate $11 a month to Tunnel to Towers at T2T.org. That's T2T.org. Today, more than ever, we're all looking for ways to save, especially on medical bills. But where do you start? Unless you're a medical bill expert, finding savings can seem impossible. And who has the time? HealthLock is a healthcare technology company that securely connects with your family's insurance and reviews your medical claims as they come in from your healthcare providers. Then HealthLock's technology flags and alerts you to any errors like overbilling, wrong codes, and frauds to help you and your family save. You can even have HealthLock work on your behalf to get money back from selected past bills. To date, HealthLock has helped its members save more than $130 million. Saving on medical bills starts with knowing where to look, and HealthLock makes it easy to find and fix hidden medical bill errors. To save, visit HealthLock.com. Do it today before you see another healthcare provider. That's HealthLock.com. Welcome back in, Clay Travis, Buck Sexton Show. Uh, we're going to go up to New Hampshire, by the way. Uh, our friend Caroline Levitt, who you may remember ran for uh, congressional seat, narrowly lost up in New Hampshire. She is uh, working to try to get Trump elected. She's now going to be his national press secretary. And I think there's a good chance that if Trump were elected president, she would end up in the Kayleigh McEnany role uh, in the beginning of her, I mean, and this will be fun because she's got a little bit of a feistiness to her. Um, anyway, uh, we're going to talk with her about both the New Hampshire primary and what she's seeing on the ground there. But, Buck, I've got a clip for you. I don't know that you've heard this at all, 
This is from the UFC. Um, and I saw oh, I this love and this I guy. I love this guy. I saw this have guy. You, yes. So sh- if you guys have not heard this, this is the UFC middleweight champion. He is fighting this weekend. He goes on, and when we've had to bleep it some, this is an expletive-filled rant when he's asked a question about whether he's being respectful or not enough of gay people uh, by a sports writer. Listen to this cut. This is cut 20. I did want to ask you about something you wrote a couple of years ago. You said, if I had a gay son, I would think I'd... Oh, look, another, another, I'm saying to you, the swamp, you guys, the swamp. You become a champion, you become a star, and then someone's... Let me ask you something. Are you, are you gay? I've had the chance to interact with a more diverse... Are you, let me know, are you gay? Can I hear, can I get an answer? Well, no, I'm asking, I'm, this is the part of the, are you, are you a gay man? I'm an ally of the community. Okay. If you had a son and he was like, you know, you had a son, he was gay, you'd be like, oh man, you don't, you don't want a grandkid? No problem with it. Oh man, well, dude, you're a weak Man, dude, you're like, you're part of the problem. You elected Justin Trudeau. Like, what you, when he sees the bank accounts, like, you're just pathetic. He shut down your country and sees bank accounts. You ask me some stupid like that, go yourself. I just heard the Trudeau part of it, but I didn't hear the, the preamble before so that. There, it, it went the, on the, for a the while. The Trudeau slam was the part that I had seen on a clip online, and I thought that that, I, I like people slamming Trudeau for seizing the bank accounts and all that. I didn't know that he had had the, the yeah, look, he's got journal. he's got all sorts of stuff, and like he's a little bit like he wore uh, a shirt that said, uh, "I think women's place is in the kitchen. Men d- should have a gun in their hands." Like he's clearly getting attention. But what I thought was interesting about it, Buck, was, and just for something for everybody else out there to think about, why do fighters, UFC, boxing, even WWE, right? Why can they say anything? Whatever their opinion is, whether you agree or disagree with it, in the world of uh, entertainment, the only people that we allow to have complete freedom, even if you think they're knuckleheads, even if you think they're saying things that are stupid, fighters, UFC boxers, UFC fighters, and WWE a little bit, but that's obviously sports entertainment more so. I just think it's an interesting precedent that has been set where those guys have no restrictions whatsoever. UFC, obviously, is a huge Trump fan base. And a lot of the fighters are not And this guy's a really... Correct. So I don't, I don't know anything... Again, I had seen like a uh, like the 15 seconds where he talked about Trudeau, which was circulating on Twitter yeah. last night. He's very good at the fight. He's, he's like the, the champion. He's the middleweight right? champ right now. Like he's so he's going to be one of the stars. At, at the middleweight? Yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's interesting. Why do you I guess think because... that is? Like, cause if a, if an athlete in another sport or even an entertainer, like if you were in a movie and you said anything like that, people would be like, you've got to be canceled immediately. And I think we have a clip of a sports media guy. Can we play that quickly and let Buck hear it? This is Dan Lebetard, who's gone super woke down in South Florida. One of the guys on his show was like, ESPN can't allow this guy to fight after what he said. Listen, I'm glad you made, made us play that video because while the UFC isn't going to do anything about it, I would challenge ESPN to make a public statement on this because that kind of hate is going over their airways. The Walt Disney Company. What, like, are you a chicken that you allow this with impunity regularly? But it's never been this vile. The guy's wearing a T-shirt that says women belong in the kitchen, a gun in every hand. Disney's a family company. Hell, Disney's a company. Take family out of it. This is revolting. You have that guy's last name on a pay-per-view. At the very least, condemn it. Uh. Right? I mean, I just, I, I want everybody out there to think, what if we just set a new precedent? 
in the world, and we all just fought for it. People can say whatever the heck they want, and you don't have to agree with it, even if you might even find it a little bit offensive, they still deserve the right to make a living. I just think it's interesting that the UFC and combat sports in general, all the athletes can say whatever they want, almost no other entertainers can. I think it's because that's part of the UFC brand, right? I mean, they're, yeah. they're, there's a kind of an alpha male ferociousness that means that they're allowed to just sort of say things that other people can. It also makes for good copy for sports people to talk about. But was he in Canada, by the way? Why was he talking about Trudeau? I think it's, I think the fight's in Montreal. Then there we go. That's what. So I agree with him on Justin Trudeau. <laughs> I'd have to listen to what he says about the other stuff. <laughs> More than a movie is back with season two. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies from the Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos' picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Michael Rappaport. And I'm Kibi Rappaport. And together we're hosting Rappaport's, Rappaport's Reality, Reality Podcast. Podcast. We have a passion for reality TV, and we're inviting you into our living room. We're dissecting the drama, and we're giving praise to the single greatest form of entertainment on television today. That is right. Reality TV is the greatest form of entertainment on television today. Listen to Rappaport's reality with me, Kibi Rappaport. And me, Michael Rappaport, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Hey, I'm Jay Shetty, and I'm the host of the On Purpose podcast. This week, I talked to Orlando Bloom in a rare interview where we went deep into how to get comfortable with fear and how to change the guilt and shame thought pattern. People say, what are you afraid of, right? I'm afraid of fear because it's like, I want to confront anything in my life that feels challenging on those levels. Listen to On Purpose with Jay Shetty on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcasts. 